Hey, good morning. The brave ones. All those people that went to Georgia, they're coming back. Don't second guess God. He, ha he has that little hurricane is right in his little hand, doesn't he? Uh, so, yes. So if you're still out in the hallways or Fellowship Hall, we'd love to get you in here and get started here this morning. Um, we have the great pleasure of having three pastors from Spain. Um, Tom Molina uh, is a, uh, one of our pastors and missionaries over there that we support. And I'm going to introduce them to you here in just a moment. So let's pray and get going. We're so glad to see each and every one of you here today. Glad you're braving the storm with us and you're at service today. Father, thank you for this day. It is um, your day. Each and every day is a gift from you. And we woke up this morning. We're, we're saved. You know us. You've bought us with your own blood and purchased us. And, and we belong to you. And we're the church, Lord. And Father, what a blessing it is to be with brothers from overseas that think like us, love the scriptures like us, love the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ like us, and, and continue to proclaim his truth around the world. And so, Lord, we pray that we'd be encouraged today, each and every one. Lord, we do pray for uh, those who are traveling, those who have uh, gone somewhere to, to move away from the storm. Please keep them safe. Help them know we love them. And uh, we pray that they even get to tune in today or they're in a good Bible teaching church this morning somewhere, Lord. Uh, but, Lord, we thank you that you're in control of all things. Uh, Dorian has no, uh, uh, no strength over us or you, over your will, Lord. And we trust you with what you're going to do. And we ask that you would uh, be glorified in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's my pleasure, church, to introduce to you Tan Molina, Jonathan, and Pablo. Uh, So Gina and I had a little getaway for a few days in Charlotte, and they flew into Charlotte Thursday at 4. I don't even remember anymore. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't remember when he got in. Um, so Gina and I were over in the Cashier area, and we shot across yesterday and met them at a dear brother's house that uh, Brian and I know really closely. They were staying with him, and uh, we're speaking at a church there. And, uh, and then we drove down, us in the bucket trucks yesterday going south. While everybody else was going north, I think they're all turning around today and coming back. Um, but uh, so we had a, a good time together. Ton, um, we've had you here once before. What a great time that was you had. Uh, and, and boy, wait till you hear, you get, to, you get to hear them preach. And then at the end, they're going to sing and we're going to have a great time together. But, but last year you were supposed to come, Ton, and what happened? Happens that when you are doing ministry day after day after day and then you stop, I don't know about you, brother. Yeah. I get sick. <laughs> yes. so I, I was in Seattle. My wife is from Seattle, and I got so sick. I got a bad flu, and I was supposed to fly here, Florida, North Carolina, and I called <laughs> Scott. I said, brother, I know I'm weak, but I cannot fly. And <laughs> I, was, I was in bed with high fevers, and, and yeah, I was not able to come. My kids were very upset, yeah. but this is what the Lord ordained, and... Uh, we stayed um, in Seattle and flew from Seattle to Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, we missed you. Thank you for putting us part of this. They're on their way to Exalting Christ Conference, which is um, back in uh, Vallejo, San Francisco Bay Area, a conference that mm -hmm. Brian and I have been to many, many times and spoke at. It's our, it's our conference from the seminary and the yes. church out there. Uh, he's part of Exalting Christ Ministries International, so all the missionaries come home for that conference. So that's where he's on his way to. Um, on that. Well, bring us up to speed. What's happening? Tell us about the, your wife, children. We'll get to these brothers here just in a second, but bring us up 
brings up the speed uh, with life and ministry uh, in the Molina family. Yeah, so um, I've been married uh, to Karen Molina for almost 15 years. Uh, we met in Spain, long story short, um, she just liked me first. And uh, man. I heard just the opposite, but go well, ahead. <laughs> so, so she came, she came, definitely the Lord was leading her by that time. And uh, we own a, fa a camp facility and we were doing a music camp and she came with her dad, who is a music director. And um, anyways, long story short, we, we became friends. She moves to Spain and studied Spanish uh, for a year. And after that, we got married in 2005. And we, we keep having kids. Yeah. You know, we have five boys now, so far. <laughs> um, all boys. The Lord has given us uh, five future preachers, hopefully. And um, they go 11, 9. Uh, I keep forgetting. Eleven, nine, six, almost four, and two, yeah. and they're all very blonde because my wife has Norwegian Swedish roots, and if you see my kids, you wouldn't believe they're mine because uh, they're <laughs> so blonde. I have to promise you yeah. that they're they're mine. But they're doing well, and and my wife, uh, she's very busy at home, raising the kids, serving the Lord in this uh, ministry, also serving in the church in different areas with women and mercy ministry helping in different areas and yeah the lord keeps us very busy mm. minister ways as a family and but it's a joy to see the kids uh growing in this environment seeing the parents and other brothers and sisters uh serving the lord in that uh, same environment so none of them are believers we pray that the lord has mercy on them and i know it's your prayer too as a as a dad and mom and we share the gospel every day with them so we, the Lord keeps us very busy at this very moment at home. Yeah. Well, Tom, why don't you introduce uh, the brothers that came with you, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to some ministry questions yes. and so forth. But let's introduce these guys. They're, they're precious brothers. Yeah, this is my dear brother, Hona, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan and I have been friends since 88 or something like that. We were kids. We played soccer together, always beating him all the time. And um, <laughs> I mean, I have to tell the truth. This is a church. Right. And you're going to preach. <laughs> I'm going to preach today. So. Yeah, and, and the Lord uh, sovereignly has bring us uh, together, a like-minded man, Hona, as he will say, but he's a pastor for hours from us in Leon. He's uh, living in the northwest area of Spain. It's like the Seattle of Spain also, very rainy. He's uh, pastoring a church there, and he's also one of our professors, uh, profs at our seminary, Berea Seminary, and um, yeah, you can keep We'll, we'll come back to him, introduce Pablo. Okay, Pablo is uh, one of our students at the seminary. Um, Pablo was born and raised in Granada, Spain, all the way south, um, beautiful city uh, over there, and he's been uh, with us in Leon for six years now? Seven. Seven years, and he's married and has a beautiful 10-month-old, and Pablo is in our in the fourth year of our program at the seminary. Also, he has his, uh, w his job. He will tell you about it. And it's a joy to have him here with us as well. Yeah, yeah it's been fun to get to know you. Let's start with, with Hona. Hona, um, you, um, you went to school, you went to Bible school in the States. And, and let's talk about Bible school and then getting back to Spain. And then let's talk about the church that you're pastoring right now because you're a product of, of Berea too and, and the ministry there. So. Let's talk about that. How did, you, how did you come to America to go to school, and where'd you go? 
Well, it's, it's a long story, but um, give us a short. God was yeah. <laughs> God was leading us. Uh, my wife and I, before we got married, we both had the desire of serving the Lord. And at some point, we, we understood clearly that we needed to, we needed to get trained. Mm -hmm. And by that time, we couldn't find a, a, a sound pl place to be trained in Spain. <coughs> and God just opened the door for us to come to the States. We came to Pennsylvania, Lancaster Bible College. That's where I studied mm -hmm. for four years. After those four years, we went back to Spain and we went to my wife's uh, home church for a two years internship. And while we were in our second year there, um, a church, which was a church planting from this church where we were doing the internship, came and invited me to be their pastor. And I've been there for the last six years. Yeah. Was that an easy transition? Or tell, tell us about the history of that church because there's... Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that just a little bit. It was... It was not easy because, uh, first of all, while we were finishing our studies uh, here, my home church went through a division, and uh, we didn't have a place to come back in a sense. We didn't know what was going to be our next step. That was hard. And then, uh, but this, this other church came, and they, were, they had been praying for us, and they had already a program that is made uh, to help those who want to serve the Lord to get a training in a church. So that was, that was, the, the, uh, that was perfect for us after four years of, of uh, you know, uh, a regular training yeah. to be trained in a church. And so then the next transition was not hard because we knew the church. Uh, it was hard to see that it was a church of almost 35 years and they were not growing it was a they were very superficial in their in their beliefs in their knowledge of the the word like i i was teaching and they were saying uh why do we need uh 45 to 50 minutes sermons and i i, I was pacing to to let them know why yeah. And I keep preaching 50, 55 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. To an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's not, it's not about the, the minutes that you preach. It's about the time that you need to explain the, the text in, in its context. Yeah. And, to, and to go deep. Yeah. And just to stay a, around the text. Right. Which was very common in the churches where we grew up in yeah. Spain. You are around the text. Yeah. You just get close. <laughs> yeah, uh, these men are well trained and they're fun to talk to. Um, Pablo, uh, uh, interesting story here. Pablo, you work full time in the tech world. Is that is that correct? You graphic, graphic design. I'm work. Yeah. Yo trabajo como diseñador gráfico. I'm a graphic designer. Mi propio estudio. I have my own uh, business. Y También estoy uh, con la familia, nueva familia, porque tenemos un bebé. Y es I difícil. also have my, my new baby, like, our, we're new family. Y, y además estudiando en el seminario and y also, sirviendo en la iglesia. And also studying at the seminary and serving at, at church. So, so his wife's name is? Dina. 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 Yeah. And, and a 10-month ten ten yeah. baby? My, my baby is Noel. Um, is 10 months. Yeah. yeah. So, 
so you work full time, you go to school at, at the Bria Seminary, and you serve in the church full time, correct? I mean, you serve in the church. So, so tell us about, tell us about how, how do you balance that? He understands English good, he speaks Spanish yeah. better. Yo vengo de una familia cristiana bastante piadosa. I come from a Christian family, a godly family. Y uno siempre piensa que sabe bastante de la Biblia. And one knows that he, he knows enough about the Bible. Pero cuando se te presenta poder estudiar más acerca de te das cuenta de que nunca es suficiente y entonces a veces ponemos muchas excusas como, so, como eh, obstáculos para llegar a ello pero siempre me hago la pregunta es ¿Qué haría en lugar de hacer eso? Y siempre viene a mi mente algo que es peor que poder estudiar la Biblia. Entonces, intento poder trabajar por, por disciplinar mi cuerpo y mi, mi vida para poder realmente so eh, I, estudiar. I discipline, discipline myself to in order to study the war more. Porque tiene unos beneficios pensando en mi familia, pensando en la iglesia, pensando en los jóvenes, because un beneficio muy grande. The benefits of studying the Bible for myself, my family, my church, my church are are big. Yeah, that, that's really good. I, I liked what you said that there's a lot of other things that can get we can get caught up in, but here's a, a young man who's um, young married, young family but engaging in seminary, um, uh, the value of that to the church and to your family is, is incredible. Uh, that's good. Could I ask um, yeah. as well, Pablo, just, uh, just interested, how much longer do you have in seminary? Uh, what are your uh, plans after? Are you open to wherever the Lord leads? Do you see yourself ministering in Spain at, at, at your local church that you serve now or potentially somewhere else? Me quedan, bueno, yo hice un programa de predicación. I've done our, our first program at seminary three years. Eh, y el siguiente sobre Biblia y teología. The next one is Bible and theology, yo also three years. Ahora estoy en ese programa. I'm in that one now. En ese segundo programa. Y um, mi idea era porque yo veía una necesidad en, los, en el grupo de jóvenes o con los jóvenes. And, uh, my thought, my first thought, that I, since I was looking for, an, I, I was seeing a need in the, in the youth group porque nunca veía jóvenes preparados, solo Because veía I, gente muy mayor. I, I, I saw that the, the youth were not trained, the old were, but not the youth. Porque siempre tenemos oportunidades en campamentos, en Because conversaciones. We, I was, uh, I work in youth camps and I could talk to them and see the need. Y si un joven no está preparado, no puede uh, dar un consejo conforme a la Biblia. And uh, if the youth are not prepared, they cannot counsel others With the Bible. Buen consejo, claro, Good. Yeah. Entonces, eh, esa fue mi, mi, mi deseo por estudiar para poder servir en, en donde esté, ¿no? So that was my desire to study so that I could, I could do that. Y um, en un futuro ahora sirvo en el grupo de alabanza en la iglesia. So right now I'm helping with the worship team at church. Y ayudo con temas de media. De I help with the media and sound. Sí. 
Bueno, yo creo que mi principal ministerio es pensar en mi familia and I think y my en la gente de la iglesia. ministry right now is my family and my church. Amen. Ton, let's shift gears just a little bit and move back to the ministry at Berea. Uh, so there's church, there's training of men there, there's the seminary. You guys are church planning. You have pastors who are pastoring around Spain. Why don't you give us a little bit of a view of that ministry that as we support you, we know that you're heavily involved in that ministry. So catch us up to speed on that. Yeah, so again, short version. Um, the Lord is truly blessing our ministry in Leon, Spain, and uh, it doesn't happen from one month to another, not even a year to another. This is the product of faithful preaching of the word from the pulpit for over 10 years now. There was a big shift in my local church, and the Lord brought us a great brother that was in the word. He was trained um, at the Master Seminary in California. And the product of solid teaching is solid ministries and fruit in the congregation and, and conversions. That is exactly the same in any part of the world. And I was the product of that as well, as um, our pastors were concerned and had the desire to start a seminary. Uh, but first, they realized through, another bro through other brothers that you have to start with your own men in your church. And I was part of that program, and the Lord called me to the ministry back then, and I was able to go to Cornerstone, where I met our dear brother Scott, and go back to Spain and serve the Lord in my local church in Leon, in different areas, mainly teaching. And the Lord is blessing that ministry. When I went to California, there was no seminary. I come back, and there is already a seminary established, and was, I think, 12 men uh, studying and nowadays we have over 50 men coming from all over the country we have also men coming from portugal northern africa getting trained in in our two programs and going back to their churches and uh, really flourishing as well as facing lots of uh, problems because uh, their mindset changes the way they see scripture the way they preach now they preach the text and that brings a lot of blessing and also a lot of opposition. So there's a lot of pastoring, shepherding to all these men as well because they go to the churches, they are on fire, and, uh, but they have to be patient and trust in the Lord as they preach, uh, preach the word. And it's a joy for us to see that in, in Leon and how the Lord is using our church and our seminary to be able to train these men uh, through... Uh, as young as the seminary is, the Lord is truly building a net, a web of uh, men like-minded, and we're able to keep the relationship uh, now with them. Yeah. Amen. So, Ton, what, what do you, you tell us what you do weekly? Um, what's going on in your life ministry-wise? Yeah. Um, I'm mainly involved in the teaching ministry. I fight for the pulpit uh, <laughs> <laughs> every Sunday, Thursdays, whenever. Uh, we have the blessed problem in our church of having the, uh, a group of men that are solid and, and can teach. So that is a blessed problem that comes from uh, uh, weekly discipleship. That is uh, a main objective of us, uh, discipling others, men and women. Uh, so I'm able to, to preach the word on a consistent basis. I just finished 2nd and 3rd John. And I also teach the youth group, teaching Romans, 
young adults uh, with men like Pablo uh, leading the worship team and, and a few other things. But uh, there is a joy for, for us as a family to be able to do that. And the Lord has put in our hearts uh, in the last uh, couple of years the desire to uh, go somewhere else. So we are praying um, where the Lord wants to lead us. We have different options, different areas to plant a church. Um, you have different areas in Spain where there is no Bible-believing church. You go to Madrid, six, seven million people, and you can find a couple of good churches uh, where I live. Uh, and now we're north. You have a... Uh, 800,000 people, and you cannot really find a Bible, solid, believing church, like-minded like ours. So anywhere you put your, your finger on the map, uh, there is a need. And even though the Lord is uh, bringing men like Hona, uh, there's still so much need. So our desire and prayer as a family and as a church is starting to be to plant uh, whatever he leads us. So we're focusing on that right now, as well as ministering in a local church and seminary as well. Hmm. Hona, you're four hours south of the seminary. Same, same issues. You get into that town. Do you find uh, other churches that preach expository, Christocentric, hold to the text? Is that rare where you're at? Uh, th that kind of church, yes, it's rare. We don't find it easily, and that's why I was saying, uh, I was telling you and other guys that we are having now a group of uh, believers coming from another city that is 45 minutes north of where we are because they don't find a church where they can really study the Bible and be exposed to, to the Word. So that's why uh, the seminary is so key for us right now in our country because our main need is uh, preachers, teachers of the Word, yeah. and, and, and those who are really trained in the Word, not those who can speak publicly but those who can s explain the word and and we we have the conviction that that's the way God brings up his church and that's the way that's also the way he saves people so yeah. and so it, for me it's such a joy to be part of the seminary I don't mind driving for hours every month there even is for just two days because it's such a joy to to be involved in this ministry us a little bit more about um, Spain in general. Is it? Uh, I know you said it's it's you're hard pressed to find those types of churches, but is it is it a nation that is relatively um, is it hostile to the gospel? Is it is it a largely uh, Muslim influence, a Catholic influence? What could you just give us a back background into what you deal with? Maybe some obstacles. Well, if you know a little bit of history. Spain has been a stronghold for the Roman Church for many centuries, right? And you heard about Inquisition and how the Reformation never made it to our country. There were a couple of sparks here and there down in Seville, another city called Valladolid. Uh, but the Inquisition did a great job stopping that. Um, and, I mean, killing, literally killing these believers, Spaniards and also businessmen that were believers that were coming from all over Europe that would come to Spain they, they would sneak books, Bibles, and they would end up being killed by the Inquisition as well. So that's our story, uh, our history. Then the 20th century comes, and uh, we suffer a civil war from 36 to, through 39, and we suffered a dictator for over 40 years. 
dictator that has uh, the Roman Catholic Church as as the uh, as the main um, uh, church in the country. The believers are keep being persecuted. Our our parents, our grandparents, persecuted, having to gather secretly. Then uh, uh, finding many problems, police coming in, until finally the Lord brought um, freedom. And the dictator passed away. We, we had a new constitution and democracy in 78. And the Lord has uh, built, uh, has been building his church since then. And the problem we face now is not so much Roman Catholic because Spain is such a postmodern, postmodern liberal country. Uh, and that's what we face today, the religion of myself, uh, postmodernism. Um, everybody's an atheist. They would say they're Catholic by culture a couple of times a year, and then that's so opposed to the gospel. But that's where the Lord shows his glory and power through the preaching of the word. And truly, uh, the Lord has called us to preach the word no matter who is there, right, um, the audience. And we believe that uh, he keeps saving people. He, he does save people. Uh, we have to be faithful to the text. And the Lord keep, keep, keeps bringing fruit uh, or out of our labors, according to his sovereignty. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Let me, let me share a verse, and I, I want you guys to think through this and comment uh, about this. I know this is a, a softball pitch to you, but in uh, 1, Corinthians chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, Paul says in verse 2, For I'm determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ in him crucified. And, and we know the text. He's trying to remind them that he's, he isn't this oratorical power. He doesn't come with uh, this superb speech. But, but what he does know is Jesus Christ crucified. So here the Apostle Paul is speaking, uh, this is who I know. This is, I, I don't know anything but Christ crucified. Though we certainly understand that Paul was one of the greatest theologians. Um, but yet he related everything to that. So, so let's talk about that verse in relation to ministry um, I don't know anything except Christ crucified. How, how would, how, let's talk about that a little bit, Don. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, it is very clear that without Christ, there is no salvation. You can preach Old or New Testament and forget about the main man, God, who is Christ. Romans 1, right? The, uh, the Lord says through Paul that the gospel, or we would say Christ as well, uh, is the power of God for salvation. So we uh, preach Christ. Yes, we train men. We ourselves are trained in the seminary. We uh, labor week after week. We spend hours uh, working in the text uh, to bring you the truth. This is what the Lord, the Lord says in his word. And but we cannot forget whether we're preaching in Numbers or in John. We cannot forget that it is all about Christ from the beginning. And that is a main um, idea, strong uh, philosophy for us as well as for you brothers here. We bring Christ, we labor, humanly speaking. We try to do our best when it comes to oratory, but we know that we're nothing. There is no power. There are no be beautiful words that can save anybody uh, except bringing Christ and the cross and his work here on earth. So we bring him, we exalt his name. And we know the Father and the Spirit have the focus on Him, and the Lord blesses that, blesses that uh, 
ministry focusing in the sun right now and bringing salvation. Yeah, Hona, would you like to add to that? Well, one thing is that um, a problem that I see in, in, this, in the churches in our country is that they're going away from this message when they want to preach the gospel, which it may sound weird, but um, it's like uh, Paul said, uh, Christ and him crucified. And crucified, and those are the words that sound so bad, so bad and, and hard, like, you know, you're a sinner and things like that. Those are the words that the churches in Spain don't want to use when they preach the gospel. And it's sad. And that's the way uh, our culture is influencing our churches. Uh, to the point that one pastor in Spain said recently that we have to become more like the world and less like the church. Mm. He said that. Mm. We cannot, it was not me. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, meaning that we have to become, uh, we have to be like them. So yeah. we're not going to tell them that they're sinners. We're not going to confront them. We're not going to offend them, though they've been offending God their yeah. whole life. And that's a problem. And that's not preaching Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. So that's why we uh, are training men to, to, to trust in the message where God put the power. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where yeah. the power is. Yeah. As Paul was being persecuted, he, he, and, excuse me, as Peter and John were being persecuted in Acts chapter 4 there, when, and they said, we want you to stop preaching. We, we, we can't. We know there's no other name. There's no other salvation. There's nothing outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is the theme of that. And it's so encouraging. Pablo, would you want to add something, a thought to that? Este, este pasaje ha sido algo clave en estos años. This passage has been key for me in these past years. Porque justo antes habla de usar la sabiduría, la inteligencia humana para because right before he's, Paul is talking about those who use a human wisdom to convince the people y habla de la locura, de la predicación, de la cruz, de cómo ese mensaje es poderoso. and he, he's talking about uh, you know, the foolishness of, of the preaching of the, the word of the, the, what does it, the word of the cross mm -hmm. yes, that's yeah. what he said the word of the cross Chapter is one. folly to those who are persons Y algo que, como, como gente que está aprendiendo, que necesitamos es enfocarnos en Cristo y no en la moralidad de la de las enseñanza. And we need to learn, those who are uh, being trained in the world, that we have to focus, we need to focus on Christ and not on the uh, morality or, or human wisdom. Y es crucial o es clave el saber que el Señor es eh, Señor en nuestra salvación y nuestra santidad. And it is crucial to, to know, to understand that uh, Jesus is Lord in our salvation and our, in our sanctifi sanctification. Yeah. Well, go, um, go ahead, Tom. I know you want to add to that. I just wanted to add something. Yeah. Uh, that this is not only something that we as pastors do, right? Uh, this is for all of us. It always comes to my mind a little parable that you just taught probably recently, Mark chapter 4. It's a yeah. little parable of this man that... Um, uh, sows the, the seed, and what does he do afterwards? He goes to bed. Yeah. He, he falls asleep, and he doesn't know how the seed grows. But he has to plant the right seed, and we have to plant the right gospel, not a wishy-washy gospel, right? right. And, and wait for the Lord 
to sovereignly bring fruit and rest in his sovereignty. But we have to do our homework first. I mean, this is Christ. We have to preach Christ, whether on the pulpit, uh, Sunday school, at home with our kids, at work. Uh, we have to preach the right message, all of us. We are all missionaries here. here. And, and then wait in the Lord, rest that he brings fruit. Pray earnestly uh, that the Lord brings fruit out of the right preaching of the word, the right seed. Mm. Yeah. yeah, amen. Yesterday, you guys commented. So I picked them up in North Carolina. So we went to North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and then Florida to get here. And they saw all the churches. You know, you just can't help that. And there, you know, that's, uh, that's interesting coming to America and you see church after church. And yet, we probably, America probably taught you this prosperity gospel taught in Spain. It came from us. Uh, don't preach on sin. Don't preach on the cross. That's offensive. Um, make people comfortable. Uh, uh, it's, be relevant in all of those things. And that false gospel is spreading around the world. And, and yet, here in America, in seminaries much like ours, we're trying to stop that. We're, we're trying to train men to hold to this firmly and to exalt Christ in all the texts and to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so as we hear you talk about that, we, we go, we're in the same battle. Um, in, in a battle here where there's prosperity, there's money, there's, um, there's all of those luxuries that America has, uh, we're fat uh, in a lot of ways spiritually and resources-wise, and yet this gospel right here where Paul says, I didn't come to you with superior speech of wisdom, well, that's the only way you get in now, is you have to be, have superior speech. That's, how, that's what you do, and you, you, soak, you, you pull people in for that, but our, our goal is the same. We're determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. So every text, whether we're preaching Old Testament, we're just finishing a Genesis series here. We've been having such a good time seeing Christ through Genesis, watching that seed as God protected it. Through, though men were wicked, God protected that seed through there and ultimately goes back to him. And, and Ton was such a pleasure. I got to teach Ton at Seminary of Cornerstone and to watch him grasp that and know that he was taking those truths back to Spain uh, was such a blessing. And here we are now many years later. Yeah, that's why it's such a joy to be really truly here with you, Scott, and the brothers, knowing that we're like-minded. Yeah. I, I, you can invite me and preach here. Yeah. You can come over to Spain, hopefully. Huh? Give me a date. Uh, after the hurricane, just, yeah. just talk about it. <laughs> and I'm going to be resting and glorifying the Lord because these brothers are going to be preaching the text like we do yeah. and in a, in a day and age and in churches that they forgot about Christ's sufficiency, the, the, the sufficiency of scripture. Yeah. That's our battle uh, today as well there yeah. in Spain. Yeah. Um, let's change gears just a little bit um, as we think about the future. Um, what's the goal of Berea? I mean, can you share some of that philosophy of a Berea? What's the goal of that ministry? We talked about it a little bit, but Spain's a big country. And, and so tell us a little more about that, because we support Berea through you. We, we, you. we support you, so you and Karen and the five children um, have the resources to live and to study, to teach and all of that. But, but we're part of something bigger over there as well. Can you, can you expound just a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, I would say on a big picture... What we're trying to do is just being obedient to Matthew 28 and 
the spread of his kingdom in Spain. Mm -hmm. And we understand that the key for that uh, comes through uh, training men that go back to their churches and they go to the text. So we are trying to uh, train men that are preachers, that are pastors. They don't know, it's not only that they preach on Sunday morning and they preach the text, but on Monday morning they counsel from the text and on Wednesday night they, uh, they are uh, preaching to the youth from the text and their worship ministry and their kids ministry and every single ministry of their, their church is um, uh, the, the word of God flows out of that pulpit. So our goal is the same goal as you guys. We want uh, the kingdom to be spread in the country and there is no other way. We are doing nothing new uh, that Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy uh, two two training men, training women as well in a local church uh, for the spreading of uh, the gospel, and that the Lord would use that effort uh, with the right seed planted, uh, so many more can come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that is our main goal: training them. Yes, uh, labor in the text hermeneutics, exegesis, all these weird words that we use, um, but with a final goal, which is salvation and sanctification of the church. M many of the churches are so weak doctrinally uh, that they're not, there's no fruit within the church. There is no fruit uh, out of those walls. There is no uh, evangelism. There is not solid because there is no solid training from those pulpits. So we focus on the man. We let the Lord uh, do his work first in their lives, their wives and kids, and their churches. Just, uh, I mean, uh, our emphasis is also the local church. We, we believe that that's God's plan, the church. Mm -hmm. So uh, we come along the churches to help them in in doing this training that something cannot happen in, their, in those churches. And uh, so we, uh, we've we seen a kind of ministry uh, in the decades before. There was uh, the missionaries visiting the churches and, and teaching like every Sunday in a different church. And that was not uh, producing the, the, the growth that we think that the churches need. We we believe in in the the, the the missionaries, the pastors, the elders in their churches preaching every Sunday, every week, working with the local church. And right. uh, so we don't go, we don't visit many churches. We, we bring those men to our seminary so we can send them back to their churches, train to do the work. So, Ton, it sounds like a lot of the men are preaching already. So it's not like they can uproot and go to seminary full-time like we would do here in America, um, we, we've set a modular system up so our men can work and be involved in ministry as well. But tell us just a little bit of how it works, because um, these guys come on a weekend. How, does it, how, does it, how do you train a man in there who has to provide a living for his family and still pastor a church? And, and some of them are very small churches, too. Right. Yeah. So tell us about how that works. So that's why Paul is a great example, and I know you, you brothers have this here, of a man that has to work 40, 50 hours a week and um, raise a family, serve in the, in the church and many other responsibilities. So it, 
95% of the men that come to our seminary are bivocational. They have their secular jobs, and they're their elders or leaders in their churches. So there is no way that we can have these men three, four years with us. So we developed this modular program. They come for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They stay with us in our camp facility, 30 minutes south from our city in Leon. Um, and they get trained, and they go back home to the churches and, and works. So we have an um, online system that they uh, upload their work, and we keep a very close relationship with them, tutoring them, shepherding them. And this happens for three years, the coming um, four weekends a year, and during three years, and then if they continue another three years like Pablo is, is doing. So these are, again, men that are so busy already. Uh, I always think about Pablo's, actually Pablo's father-in-law. This is a man that has his own business, a, a, a clothing store. He runs a camp. He's overseeing not only his church, but other five or six churches. And then he's, how old is your, uh, 55 years old? And, um, and he's getting trained, coming here uh, with us, coming to Leon, getting trained, seeing a lot of growth in his life, and telling us, a man like him, oh man, I wish I could have done this when I was 20. Uh, but now is the opportunity for him, and these are the men that we want to have. And the Lord is slowly calling some of them to the full-time ministry, very slowly. But um, so we have some of, some pastors now that are full-time, and the rest we are seeing how they're flourishing in their home church. Let, let me. I want to shift gears just a little bit too, because I, I know I don't stand in this pulpit on Sunday mornings without Gina. Um, my wife is just the rock of my life in so many ways. Um, you three men are married and have children. Um, tell us about your, your children your, and your wife that keep you in the pulpit, keep you in the ministry so often. Because, I mean, quite honestly, I think sometimes the church doesn't understand the role that our wives play in our lives and how great we, for, we are for, to, to godly women. Um, so let's talk about your wives a little bit because they're not here to tell us the real story. Um, so, yeah, the, the ugly things. <laughs> yeah, the ugly things, right. But tell us about because every behind every great preacher, there's a great wife that's there that helping us. That's why it's, it's not fair that you ask me about my wife now that I miss her so much. Yeah. It seems so far from me right now. Of course, yeah, I mean, there, God gives you uh, the help, the helper that you need. And, uh, it's it's a joy to see that your wife is growing spiritually. That is uh, your main support, uh, especially because I mean it's not so much Tan's case, but in my case, I don't have uh, uh, like-minded men so so close. Yeah. And so we are we are we are. She is a, a support, strong support for me. Uh, her name her name is Miriam. Um, uh, we've been married also almost 15 years, uh, and yeah, she is helping with with the ladies at our church too. She she was able to get trained too at Lancaster Bible College with me. She went through the hermeneutics class, um, theology, everything, mm, and great. so she is a great help at church. And actually, the ladies' ministry is one of of the 
ones I can see ha has grown more in our church. Mm. Uh, we have three kids, uh, our two, two daughters and one son, our oldest, Emma, is eight years old, and then our second is almost six years old, Dana, you say Dana, I think. Yeah. And then we have a little boy, Eric, uh, he's two years old. Yeah. And right now, is this time of your life where they just give a trouble in, in physical terms, like you don't sleep much, <laughs> you have to run and find them where they get lost. Uh, it's, you laugh a lot with them, but at the same time, you understand that it's, it's also the key moment to train them, to, to, to bring them up in, in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. So I would appreciate your prayers for, for me as a dad, for my wife, as we also uh, preach the gospel to our children. Yeah. Pablo, you, you married um, your, your father-in-law. Is the father-in-law a pastor? Pastor? Yeah. And, and, and how long have you been married? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, then uh, Karin, of course, we know, I know Karin. I guess the church hasn't met Karin yet. Yeah. Uh, we haven't. Again, it's my fault, man. Yeah, I, you I got, got sick. sick. I'm a yeah. weak one. Yeah, yeah you were weak. Yeah. yeah, she's such a backbone. Yeah, Can, yeah. yeah, she has a great ministry as well. And I mean, when, when I graduated from Cornerstone, um, they called Karin up on the platform, and they gave her this picture, this award, and I keep telling her, 50% of this is yours, Karen. <laughs> we know that, man, right? Yeah. And, and many times I, I was, I wanted to quit. Yeah. During seminary, I don't understand this Hebrew. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, no, brother. <laughs> or so many times, and she was the rock that said, no way, You're, we came here, we made this sacrifice. I'm sacrificing also a lot, and, and the Lord has called you to the ministry, you're doing this. Same thing is happening nowadays uh, in our ministry, you know, coming frustrated and uh, weak and weary, and she's the rock there, and vice versa, of course, and uh, she has to deal with uh, all the, the boys, and it's such a great source of sanctification, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but the Lord has given me a wife that is so disciplined every morning, being in the Word, in prayer, and I I wouldn't be here otherwise. It's, it's a sacrifice. He cried a lot when I left last week, that, the other day. Yeah. It's not fun, right, yeah. in that regard. And we miss each other a lot, but we have a bigger picture, which is the glory of Christ and what the Lord is doing in our country. And this is a, also a joy for her to be part of what is happening right now. Uh, she's, she's been part of it thousands of miles away, and the same for uh, Ona and Pablo's wives. Yeah. One, one more. We're running out of time here, um, but we have a lot of youth in here today because our student ministry came in here. So, th can you tell can you tell them about high school? Uh, I, I don't know what you call it there, but um, we call it high school. Do you do? Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes youth is up to twenties, but t what are you doing with youth over there? How, how do you handle your youth? Do you just give them a soccer ball and go have fun? Or do you teach your youth? Or t tell us about youth over there and, and how you train youth. Well, I'll start. And again, all these comes from a solid biblical perspective through the years. And 
uh, we know that family is the one that's especially we're in charge of our kids from an early age teenagers they are our responsibility but also the church can help a lot with this we are all of all a family in our case in our home church in a local church uh, we take very seriously the discipling uh, from our, on an early age little kids and all the way through uh, high school i i am leading the um, high school slash college we combine them together with, because there are not so many and then uh, also the young adult um, couples especially like uh, Pablo and others and we like I was saying um, high school um, uh, college we, we're just going through Romans we've been studying Romans for two years and these these boys and girls are sharp they're studying things that I don't even understand and our job is to help them think biblically from the text and seeing the fruit of these labors and, and work with the families as well. We are not uh, doing something um, uh, different than uh, fathers and mothers, although some of them come from a non-Christian background. But we take these very seriously. We have fun, of course, youth group, right? Yeah. Uh, but our main, I'm not fun. I'm, I'm such a boring guy. Um, <laughs> So we do play and all these things, but our main focus is in the Word um, and going through romance and with the young adults going through different books like we did just the Respectable Sins yeah, uh, Jerry Bridges. And so we take it very seriously. We know that uh, there is only one way of change and it's through Christ and His Word. Yeah. Yeah, they are the future of the church. I mean, are these young people that sit out here, they are the next moms and dads and elders and deacons and Sunday school teachers and so forth and and yet in our culture here so often they're just played with and uh, and I know um, our men and women here that serve them uh, really help. Pablo, do you want to speak to that? Sí. Um, esa edad es la mejor edad para empaparse como una esponja. That's the, the best age to, to get uh, saturated with the truth. Y también es la mejor edad para hacer amistades significativas. It's also the best time in your life to make uh, significant uh, relationships. Pero un buen consejo que me dieron es juntarme con personas con más madurez que yo y aprender de ellos. And something that I, I've been told that is a good thing is that I need to get close to those people. Y sobre todo para tomar decisiones sabias porque tenemos que tomar muchas decisiones que estudiar, que mujer o marido tener. Yeah. Especially to make uh, uh, wise decisions, like what I'm going to study, where I'm going to, uh, who I'm going to marry. Y uh, creo que es una edad para aprovechar y, y poder ver eh, la, los buenos consejos en la iglesia, la, la comunión y demás. Para And I think it's a good time to, to learn from the people at your church to get a counsel from them to, so that you grow spiritually. That's good counsel, good counsel. Ton, last word here before we uh, take a break and come back and hear you preach. Yeah, I was actually thinking, I was almost going to preach uh, this text in Third John, but this is a good text for all of us, mm -hmm. but for the youth, Third John uh, verse 12 says, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself and we add our testimony and you know that our testimony is true. What does this have to do with youth group or anything like that? Well, uh, this man Demetrius was sent 
and there is a church backing him up. Uh, his leaders uh, speak well of him, and the truth of, script, of Scripture speak well of him. Those are the men and women, you youth group or adults, we have to find those kind of mentors we have to find in our lives. Who are we following? Uh, is this, are they men or women that are obeying the word of God, that the leadership can, uh, uh, can say, yes, this is a good person for you to follow, to have as mentor. Uh, so this is a good example for us of the kind of people youth especially have to uh, follow. We follow so many people, especially when we're young, everybody's a mentor, and we choose wrong ones many, many times. But what is the word of God saying? Uh, what are your leaders saying about this person? Uh, and this is the kind of people you have to follow. And I know that you have good leaders that are good mentors in your life and pastors here at church. Yeah. Well, okay. Brother Scott, I know you want to pray for them in just a moment, but I just wanted to uh, thank you all. Uh, just to, even in my email communications to Tan, one thing you know about, about these three men and Tan is they are spending their lives for Jesus Christ. And every moment of every day, it seems, and, and what an example that is. And, and also balancing families. One thing, Ton, in my first email to him said, hey, brother, I know you didn't ask me for advice, but I'm going to give you some advice. And he said, whatever you do, go to bed later, wake up early, but don't neglect your family either. So these are men that are focused on Christ, but focused on their families as well. That, is, that has meant a lot to me, and it's, a, it's just a, a joy to see God's working in Spain and, uh, and thank you all for, for sharing uh, this morning. I know you yeah. want to pray for him. Yeah, Josh and Bobby are helping me with missions and uh, helping me with some of the communication with our missionaries. And um, Josh has been communicating with Tom. It's been very helpful uh, to, to do that. But it's also giving them, these, these young pastors, experience with guys overseas. And so uh, I really love the relationship that you're building with these guys. And I hope it lasts forever. So. Well, let's pray, and then uh, let's, uh, we'll take a break here. Father, thank you for just a sweet time to sit with these dear brothers, Lord. Um, these men could be in Riverbend Church and uh, be vital leaders and, and partners in ministry here, Lord, but yet you have them overseas, and it is your word and the glory of Christ that make this sweet harmony that we have. Uh, and though our language and cultures are different, it is... It is held together through the word of God in the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank you for that. We pray for the ministry in Leon and in these other cities where Honus is at. Lord, we pray that you would flourish your church there. Amen. That the preaching of Christ would uh, be used to draw, the Father would draw people to himself. And the Son would lose none of them as they proclaim his glorious name. Lord, we do pray for their families, their wife and the wives and children that they are now separated over these next couple of weeks. Please keep them safe and uh, may their communication be sweet as they share the things that they are learning and seeing here, that it would be encouragement to them back home, Lord. But I pray that Riverbend would encourage these brothers. Uh, may they sense our love for them and our appreciation for what they do, Lord, and, and that they are they are an arm of us in a way, reaching into a place that we, we can't go. Uh, so we thank you for this partnership, Lord. We know it's grounded in you and what you accomplished, Lord, through your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, through this wonderful word of God we call the Bible that we get to tell people of. And so, Lord, keep us close as we, as we grow in ministries together, Lord, and may we always be an encouragement, Lord. 
Father, I want to thank you for each and every one who came out this morning. Lord, there's a storm on the way, and our minds are, are somewhat preoccupied with that, Lord. And yet, here are so many people who have come here today. Please bless them. May they have been encouraged to hear these three brothers, Lord. And now, Father, as we take a break and then return to worship together, as we sing praises, Lord, of your name, exalting who you are, Lord. Uh, may you be glorified in that. And as Tan breaks forth the word of God and takes us into the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ through Psalms 110, may our hearts be encouraged. May, may we, may we be, feel even closer with these brothers as we see their love for Christ, their love for the word. And may you be glorified ultimately, Lord, in all that's said, sung, and done in this next hour. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.